0: This is a Rooster Teeth production.
1: The internet is full of mysteries waiting to be discovered. And sometimes it's the simplest items that create the biggest splash. In this case, a box. In 2013, a box full of religious and extraterrestrial drawings, journal entries, blueprints, and other fascinating documents was found and posted to the internet. Today, we're going to discuss the investigation into the box of crazy. This is Red Web. Welcome back to another Mystery Monday. This is Red Web, the show all about unsolved mysteries, true crime, cryptids, and conspiracies. Everything in between. Today, it is our bread and butter. We're returning back to some internet mysteries. I'm your local mystery enthusiast Trevor Collins and joining me with his gut check his instincts reacting for the very first time Alfredo Diaz. Hello this is exciting back to Mm -hmm. internet
0: mysteries this is where we began a little bit of our bread and butter.
1: Yeah it's back kind of where we began but we're also filming this from afar just like our early episodes. Yes we are (laughs) this is like old school at this point. Yeah so if it sounds or feels a little different Strap in task force. All right, so we have the box of crazy, which is what it's called. I'm just gonna say outright, I recognize that the word crazy gets misused all over the place. I'm going to use it specifically for the name of the box and no persons, but that is the name of the box and it is filled with a lot of goodness. Now, before we get into the discovery of it, how it hit the internet and everything, I wanna say Fredo, you should just dig in because there are hundreds of images to wash over We've sent you the links. Go ahead oh. and click on those and, and let's get the instincts at the top. Guys, a part one is a. It... Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, looks like a briefcase. Got some old like
1: letters in it.
0: I'll click oh, yeah. on part one.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's a at the very bottom of the photos, there's a load more. So it goes. Oh, my God. Uh,
0: Okay. Yeah, this, this thing goes. Let me... I can smell these images. Jesus. Okay, so there's a ton of old images here. Uh huh. um Tons of old papers. What the is it, what are you a timetable of like oh, elements? Yep. yep. That's all in there. Right. This is like, oh, so that's a bunch of writings and it's like schematics.
1: Get past, yeah, get past oh, all the globe. Engineering stuff. Whoa, the globe. Literally yeah, you traveling? got the maps.
0: It's got some burn marks on it. I don't, what is that? Let me take a gander. 87 more images. Oh, yeah. So That's where it really opens just, up. What is this Veterans Administration Medical Center? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Is it like a medical card? That looks super fantasy based. It looks like some kind of like uh mountainside mountainside like
1: fantasy base sketches and then oh, a bunch yes. of like
0: text underneath. Okay, UFOs oh, of you've, course. You
1: you've uh, now you've hit the part where the uh, the album goes off the deep end as far as All sorts of, like, it starts normal, right? Here's a bit of letters. Here's some maps. And then it really opens up with UFOs, spiritual iconography, people with wings, multiple wings and multiple different animal heads. Yeah,
0: like goose head. And then there's, like, tigers or something. Yeah.
1: All right. Now now you got a wash, just like a glimpse at what we're about to uncover. Task Force, as always, we're going to post these full links on our socials at red web pod as always be uh, careful when you click on internet links but you know these are photo albums and they have all the good stuff that we're going to talk about i will say this task force
0: and this is the first time i've said this i think you're going to want to click on these these are these are very interesting quite juicy very juicy Mm -hmm. and quite unique i'm looking at second images too like this is okay this is a lot of cool stuff and it's just Oh, man I mean you just gotta look at it we've explained some of it and it goes mm-hmm. deeper um, and, and, yes, and we'll there's, explain there's more too As look as, okay. okay
1: yeah as this goes on so alright let me take you back November 3rd 2013 there was a reddit user named tram stop dan who shared these albums on a subreddit called what's in this thing this is a subreddit very similar to the other subreddit the sister subreddit what is this thing but instead of Asking what an item is, this is a place where people share mysterious boxes that they stumble across and what might be inside of it. And uh, I love how many mystery subreddits are out there. That was a lot. Oh, yeah. I've come to learn. And the post itself says this, quote, large box full of odd illustrations of an event, a.k.a. the box of crazy found by the trash bins. Now, this box is, as they said, roughly 29 by 38 inches or 74 by 97 centimeters. And that's the wooden suitcase you see at the very top that you saw. Now the finder said, quote, it smells of basements and dampness. I think we're all familiar with that smell. If you've been in older houses, just get that mustiness to it. Now the first contents that were shared from this box were pages of writing. And the writing that you saw was so neat and so clean, people thought it was from a typewriter, but it's actually handwriting. It's just very neat and proper. Very uniform even. Hmm. Those pages are oddly large at 20 by 30 inches or 51 by 76 centimeters. And many of those pages are also left blank, as if there were more writings to come. These pages were followed by a series of hand-drawn maps, as you saw. There's mechanical diagrams, many diagrams of trains, handwritten letters, etc. But many of the drawings also appeared to depict what looked like UFOs and religious imagery. There were so many drawings that the Finder had to create yet a second album, as we've kind of already seen, to make sure that they can fit it all in. And if you're new to the internet, just in case the Imgur albums we're talking about, Imgur is just a website for hosting photos, like Photobucket of old. These are hundreds of photos. Hundreds, (laughs) absolutely. Now, it it took not even an hour for this post to go absolutely viral. Not only did it become the most popular post on this very subreddit, but it also went to the very front page of overall Reddit, which is a hugely popular website, and so I'm sure it got a lot of attention. Now, there's a small snafu here, when Tram Stop Dan is the one who's posting about it, it turns out there's a different user who found it years prior. So, this is the person who found the box, and their Reddit username was Dirty Gremlin. They're the ones who found this box near a trash can outside in Florida. There was also another user who showed up on the scene that was named That's My Box. They came forward a few years later in 2015, and they claimed to be the original owner of the box. As their story goes, they moved into the house where they found this box as well as a plethora of other diagrams and drawings and writings and everything. Basically, they, as the story continues, they, they found a house that was oddly, suspiciously cheap. And when they went in, there was very little furniture, just a desk in the living room. And all of these papers filled this house to the point where this suitcase that we're talking about, this box, was about maybe a fraction of what this whole house contained. Jeez. Oh, yeah. And she even claimed that when she moved in, soon thereafter, there were men in black suits seen outside the house, almost what? as if they were watching. Yeah. Okay.
0: I've come to realize after hundreds of episodes, the men in black are very obvious. They're very
1: obvious for what they're supposed to be. <laughs> it just seems like
0: everyone is like, oh, they just show up and like, look, you know, the attire. Mm hmm. You know what we look like. Right. And- Eyebrowless, long fingers. Right. And then it's just like, boom, done. Yeah. Like, here we are. uh, There's some suspicious activities that's happening that we will possibly even perform ourselves. And uh, you'll say that you see us and no one will
1: believe you. Right. It's like all those Bill Murray sightings. Which ones are real or not? Yeah, I love those. But Will Smith going, what you think you saw you didn't see? No, what Mm -hmm. you think you saw you saw, but no one will believe you. Exactly. Might as well call these guys the, the gaslit boys. Um <laughs> l- <laughs> look, to be
0: able to live that life, it's gotta be entertaining to some extent.
1: Right. I'd wanna be a Ben in Black just so I could, uh, you know, right. pop by some some parties, make an <laughs> appearance here and there. No one will believe you. Right. I was never here. So she moved to North Carolina and uh this is where the box gets into the wild, very reminiscent to the movie Sinister, where somebody moves in and they find a box of tapes. She moved to North Carolina and she accidentally left this box behind and that's how it got into the hand of Dirty Gremlin and so on to Tram Stop Dan and then the internet. So Tram Stop Dan, the way they are involved is because they were the ones who were meant to photograph and share on Reddit on behalf of uh, Dirty Gremlin. So let's talk then about how the internet reacted to this and what the internet investigation did. Now, there's a lot to look through. There's a lot to pour over. And there's a lot of confusion when reading through some of the writing in here. It can be hard to decipher what they're trying to say as they kind of churn over some thoughts. Okay. That said, we're going to try to take the most clear investigative lens that we've got, uh, the, the clearest path that people have been able to decipher. But just know if you're interested in looking further, there might be other corners left untouched here a little bit. But. The very next day, November 4th, there was Reddit user Funkifies. I always love how creative the different yeah. Reddit usernames are. They stepped forward to create yet a new subreddit. A subreddit specifically designed to talk about this very mystery. And they named it Alien Puma Space Train. Specifically because if you scroll way, way down in the part one Imgur album, uh-huh. you'll you'll find a diagram of a train. It's just an isometric drawing, gorgeous drawing, by the way, freehand, of a train. And next to that train engine is another train. This train engine is like puma-shaped, but like a large cat with wings. So instead of having the the, the cylindrical train engine, it's a puma. But then the puma has wheels, and and it's at the front of a train. And that's the name of the subreddit. All right, I dig it. (laughs) (laughs) So by that very morning... Thousands of people had managed to find this subreddit. Again, it went super viral and the investigation began in earnest. People began poring over these documents and they realized that these documents were dated anywhere from the 1930s all the way up through the 1980s. But a definitive timeline as to when things were made, how these all fit together, was not really discovered at that time. It it seems like an eclectic collection of notes from various decades, and putting them in a clean order is probably far gone. I don't know if it's going to be doable at this point. Okay. Many of the papers contained in the box were signed by the name Daniel Christensen, or Nesna It Cirque, which is simply Christensen backwards. Oh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look, I get
0: these are are all mysteries, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It's just it's sometimes you just go man every part has to be confusing right there's the name also here's the name backwards what could it be you'll never know yeah i'm just like of course
1: my friends call me nesna why it's just part of my last name backwards, oh right that just just seems like like needless confusion yeah Yeah. there's puzzles and then there's obfuscation right and you're Mm -hmm. just removing things from clarity But this is the name associated with many of these documents, and so people think that this is the gentleman who was behind the creation of all of this, and rightfully so, and we'll talk a little bit more about him in particular later because we do think, I say we, the internet is pretty confident in that they think they found who Daniel Christensen is, and we'll get into all that. Yeah, we'll get into all that before we dive into the theories. So we have another Reddit user here, Purple Snacks who pointed out that the information on the envelope that so again, there's a lot of documents in here and one in particular was an envelope. This envelope was written in Danish. They also pointed out that the letterhead indicated that this was from a Danish publisher and they corroborated that by then looking at the postmark. The postmark indicated that we were in the same city as that publisher and that city was called Odunsa. So now we know that Denmark is involved. There's also a paper placemat. I think you actually pointed this out from the Veterans Administration Medical Center. Yeah. And that is in Bay Pines, Florida, suggesting that whoever Christensen was may have actually served in the military. So as the investigation unfolds, these are the cornerstones that people can grasp onto. We have locations. That is nice, fixed information. This is where things start to get a little hairy because now now that the solid information is grabbed and identified, people mm-hmm. start pouring over Christensen's language, what they're saying in some of these documents, and that's where you start to get a little bit more interpretive as to what Christensen is trying to say, but also you have to read between the lines to figure out the person's background from these things. Right.
0: I mean, man, like, what a field day. Like, an oh, yeah. absolute field day. They're like, this is a, we like, read it, and, like, mystery enthusiasts eat. But, my God, it's a buffet. You
1: oh, know what this I'm right here? Uh, we're talking about, this is a Thanksgiving feast. There's okay.
0: so many things here that's just like, whoa. Okay, like, you, like, you could break things down for the longest. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, like, quite wild, actually.
1: This is so dense. If you were going in, trying to stuff this into your sippy cup of knowledge, mm-hmm. you'd be coming out the other side needing a nap. Uh, yeah. yeah this might be actually. like a, this is like a protein shake in your sippy a, cup. Yeah. <laughs> so this would overflow your sippy cup. Oh yeah. So let's talk about the first page of writing. This is where the internet then turned their investigative attention. So Christensen talks about an image printed in Omni magazine. Now this was just a magazine that talked about science and science fiction topics. And this was back in 1979. This is going to jump to the chase a little bit. So stop me if you get a little confused. But so long story short, there was an event that happened in Santos, Brazil back in 1967. This was an event that he considered, Christensen considered to be obvious otherworldly invasions happening. This is honestly interesting because it is very near in location and time to the lead masks case that we did a while back. Oh. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two gentlemen up on a hill had these, like, lead masks cut out. They expected some visitation of some sort, maybe from another worldly entity, and then they disappeared. Well, anyway, whatever went down in Santos, Brazil in 1967, Christensen considered to be obvious alien invasions. But the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization kind of zhuzhed that away. They, they said, no, no, no. They determined that whatever this was was simply lenticular cloud formations, We'll also give you, Fredo, pictures of what these formations look like. But Task Force, they'll also be on our socials. But lenticular cloud formations are essentially these very unique, not super common at all cloud formations. They're very rounded. Oh. Yeah, let me let me just get your eyes on this. Yeah, can... wait, like a rounded cloud? That's
0: weird.
1: There's a, a variety, but on the whole, they look very UFO-esque, very saucer-esque. That,
0: those are the coolest looking clouds I've ever seen in my life. They look like little thick tornadoes in some of them. Some look yeah. like, yeah, like a UFO. Earmark that tornado comment. Okay. Earmark that. Okay, we'll do this. No, there's no way this one. The one on top of like a snowy mountain
1: where it's like different layers. Mm-hmm. That's not real. Right. That is uh, very interesting stuff. But um, you can see now where this is headed, right? Uh, like, what? This is the cool What? This episode is
0: visually, like, stimulating. Perfect for
1: our format.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, I mean, you know, uh, how many episodes have we done that aren't so visual heavy? Right, right. Like I said, great opportunity to head over to our socials. Get in there. um, Red Web Pod. You know, yeah, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok. Head on over. We've got a ton. We've got tons of
1: stuff. Tons of images. We also have our YouTube page, so if you want to listen to us on YouTube, we'll just put the images right in front of you. Now... This took some time for the APRO to say these are lenticular cloud formations. He's wondering why it took so long. He disagrees with it outright. Like, why would it take you so long to explain this away? Right. If it's something you already know and you're aware of. I'm curious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The scientific community should have just been on top of this if it was such an easy explanation. Another thing he says in these papers is that he disagrees, again, with this claim. However, he admits that they do look like clouds because they are, as he says, quote, clouds of concealment, something unlike anything that we know on this planet. And this plays very much into the movie Nope, if you've seen that. Mm -hmm. He's saying that these clouds are generated by the ufo within them to conceal them in plain sight what yeah and i think this is what is informing the movie nope where oh. at some point the, the character is looking i mean and he goes those clouds haven't moved you know i mean
0: yes i mean a very i mean i would be absolutely surprised if it this did not inspire the movie That mm-hmm. that is oh
1: so some are I very mean, round some are like tornadoes some are like jellyfish but very cool clouds nonetheless. I
0: mean, they're, they're absolutely uh, the most intriguing thing I've seen in the sky. Like clouds like that? It's just mm-hmm. something you, you've you known all your life. You don't mm-hmm. think about it twice. Um, and then it's just the, why would it be in that formation?
1: Oh, yeah. And, and to your point, there are so many other images of mountain ranges with just birthday cake layered clouds above it. Like cloud yeah. gap, cloud gap, cloud gap. And it's just, it really doesn't look of this world. It's it's neat.
0: It's pretty cool. It's a, re, it's a great visual that I didn't know existed.
1: Yeah. So Christensen also claims that the clouds look like something the US military uses to confuse radars via a quote project they call stealth. Stealth in all caps. Now this implies that there's some inside knowledge that Christensen has to top secret stealth programs going on in the military, maybe stuff that we don't know about, but When Jillian was researching this, she was thinking that maybe he could be referring to plasma stealth, which is a concept of stealth that proposes ionized gas or plasma around a vehicle that would interfere with the way radars would interact with the vehicle itself. Just a new form of stealth or a different idea of stealth. Not sure if we pursued that, but either way, trying to ground his idea of these clouds being a stealth tool. But moving on now, this is when the investigation online turned towards one of the quintessential pieces of this whole mystery. And I'm so happy you got to it before we moved on because it comes down to that drawing that you saw that looked, I think you said ritualistic. It looks like there's a large pier with, with an upturned pyramid, very mm-hmm. similar to Yugimoto's pyramid puzzle. Yeah, the millennial <laughs> puzzle. <laughs> so that's what we're gonna talk about. This is a real place. I'll just go ahead and throw that one out there to blow your bean. But Tram Stop Dan points out under one of these drawings, quote, It seems that the artist saw something in Tampa, Florida in 1977 that changed him. We got that date because that date is written on one of his drawings, but specifically July 7th, 1977. And on this date, Christensen supposedly witnessed, as he says it in his own drawings, an extraterrestrial visitation. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So according to local commenters, people from all over the world, of course, but people local to Florida, the drawing that we talked about that is kind of half pencil, half blue ink pen with a paragraph underneath it, this drawing depicts St. Petersburg, specifically the St. Petersburg Pier, but also with a funnel and strange figures over top of it. Under the picture, it says, quote, touchdown of the Tampa Bay tornado, transcendental physics end quote, as well as the paragraph that I'll read excerpts from here in a second. But it very much looks like a tornado-shaped object reaching down from the sky, touching at the very center of this upside-down pyramid shape, which did in fact exist on this pier decades ago. I don't believe it's there, there anymore. But up in the sky, in a circular formation around that tornado, you see that jellyfish cloud formation. And the question is, is he drawing that lenticular cloud formation or is he drawing what he sees to be UFOs using a special type of cloud stealth? Aliens.
0: Aliens. Um, I, I, look, um, nothing against you, Florida, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just got to add, add a little bit uh, of a layer of, of just uh, speculation here.
1: Okay, okay.
0: All right, like Florida, weird stuff that always comes out of there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can Google what Florida man, right? And right, there's a whole subreddit for Florida subreddit, and so I'm 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 thinking here like, it just is it's unfortunate because I just already have this predetermined like thought in my head like ah it's coming out of Florida like is is it is it just like a wild thought you know what I mean
1: right. Right. Or or like something artistic or mm-hmm. an interpretation of something. I just want to say as a sidebar, because we are filming at home, I can just jump to a different tab on my computer. And so I just Googled Florida man to <laughs> see what's going on in Florida right now, you know, to elevate your point. And immediately I found four stories in the last seven hours. I'll read the most recent two. It's raining monkeys. Florida man records monkeys jumping from trees into river. But... What's interesting is, and I'm half tempted to read this entire paragraph under the drawing, but I'll start it and then I'll read a specific sentence later on. This will be like maybe a little more than half of it, but it starts this, quote, an extraterrestrial visitation by an identifiable flying object treated at some length in the scriptures of old when the son of man, he had a like visitation twice, once at the river Chabar and then again out in the plains. As he again saw what appears to be the order of what is represented in the above, barring, of course, the pier and the many 20th century vehicles. And it goes on and on. But then something else more interesting here at the end says, uh, quote, that such a visitation actually could take place here in St. Petersburg in the future is believable when considering there a related extraterrestrial event took place only a few hundred miles from here in the city of Mobile, Alabama in connection with the shooting of the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And then it continues on. And this was all dated March 1981. So part of me is like, am I interpreting this as, is this a could have happened? Or is this a will happen? Or is this a it did happen sort of situation? It's very hard from the way they spoke, but they almost make it seem like it could very well happen, considering it did happen when they were filming the movie in Alabama.
0: It's just a lot of this stuff is like you can interpret it right it's ambiguous it's mysterious mm-hmm. and so you could you could place it wherever and i kind of think that like i mean obviously that lens it's that's like a great catalyst for an explosive conversation and mystery mm-hmm. because now everyone is just like thinking one way and then someone goes oh what about this way and everyone goes yeah yeah that way yeah that could work too and then and and so i almost want to think i think with a lot of mysteries that are so like broad and interpretive Mm -hmm. it kind of just makes you feel like being more of a skeptic just because it's so broad right but it's then, almost
1: like casting a wide net
0: yeah and then it's just like look if i cast his wide net then you know it it just scoops up so many different minds and then and, and like lends itself to, to so many different theories that's true that being said this podcast plays with my emotions and twists my mind and breaks <laughs> my brain maybe they're doing it on purpose because they only want so many people to know or what not, you know what I mean? It's right. Like how many mysteries that we covered were just like, you know, Hey, whoever solves this, you can get, you know, uh, well, you'll be selected. or you'll Right. To the next right.
1: Section. Only the chosen, right. Mm-hmm. If you understand it or figure out the puzzle or exactly. make it in time, very few mysteries where someone just spells it out, <laughs> yeah. you know, I guess maybe that's why it's a mystery, but yeah, this one's interesting. And I, uh, I the other thing worth noting in this paragraph is that it seems, per their language, that it, it appears that this visitation took place in the nighttime. And they talk about lamps on lanterns, that the clouds look like they were on fire. And this is a very common idea throughout a lot of what he's saying. I know that Christensen tends to reference the book of Ezekiel, and we'll talk about him here in a second but references a lot of biblical language, talks about angels. And I think that he's doing something that is kind of becoming a little bit more common now where UFOs, the idea of aliens, merges with the idea of Christianity and religion and that these angels are actually otherworldly beings and that they're vessels that we see as these concentric gyrospheres, right, that fuel and move their vehicles. Like we just kind of saw those as too estranged to us. And so we described those as aliens, right? When you look at the Mm -hmm. traditional biblical description of angels, it isn't like, oh, beautiful person with these nice flowy wings. It's no, a sick amount of eyeballs and just too many wings covering up things. And it's a very secret idea, whatever this thing is. And it's, it's too hard to behold in person. And some are actually just a bunch of concentric rings with eyes all around those so there's a lot of, like, very similar visuals happening. Is that how it's depicted in the Bible? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you... Here, I'll, I'll Google that, what too. What the hell? So then, like, did the media chew it up for us? I think it. Uh, it's... It the itself, idea is or... that we, as mere mortals, can't behold the true form of an angel... And that it's terrifying. And that's why people are normally terrified in, in the biblical stories when they see an angel. And, and that's why the angels go, be not afraid, right? Mm-hmm. And then for the sake of art, we go, let's let's soften the blow of giant eyeballs surrounded by wings, surrounded by fire and, and whatnot. But yeah, if you look up biblical angels, you'll get an idea of what I'm talking about.
0: All right, biblical angels. I mean, mm-hmm. it makes
1: sense, right? Who's to say that we
0: can't comprehend these like majestic holy beings?
1: Yeah. But what's interesting is that there's a lot of similar visuals. And so who's to say, right? Maybe they were inspired by this these visuals, or maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something happening beyond our understanding that it is a, a merger of what we traditionally call aliens or traditionally call angels, and that this is just some more scientific interpretation of what was seen. Biblical angels look gnarly and very mm-hmm. abstract.
0: Very, yeah. This terrifying. Yeah. Especially if they're like, "We're here to save you." Like, don't save me. Don't save me. I'm okay.
1: No, no, I'm good. No, no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm good. I'll man. stay on this earthly
0: plane. I mean, like, I see. Yeah, a lot of this like kind of resembles, you know, the, a lot of the drawings that you see. I mean, I'm looking at something right now where it's like part machi- like different machines, and then also the the, the wings of mm-hmm. what could be angels just sc- scooping in off to the side.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there is definitely a long storied history merging these two ideas. And the cornerstone of this particular one, to keep it simple, is the gyro, like the rings, concentric rings, where they're all spinning around, right? Mm -hmm. That surrounded in eyes is one of the images of an angel. But it's also, per Christensen's drawings, are also the source of movement for whatever these UFOs are. And that we separate the two ideas as two distinct things, right? But instead, yeah. Christensen is proposing that they're they are one and the same. And that there are just two different interpretations of them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is like, again, relatively surface level considering the hundreds of drawings that are in there. I mean, he even talks about differential movement. And he's got like a very realistic rotor that's in there. I don't know. But... It's pretty cool to pour over if you're, if you're interested, but let's talk about Daniel Christensen himself before we move on to mm-hmm. the theories. So using the various documents and dates that were all contained in this box, along with public records, Redditors, such as the user DriveByHistorian, found the person who they believe to be the Daniel Christensen of these drawings. And if it's the case, Christensen himself was born in Denmark, 1904, and immigrated to the US in 1927. He then enlisted in the US Army in 1942, but then was discharged three years later. He was known to have unique religious beliefs, highly revolving around personal theology of the biblical book Ezekiel, while writing an article of the Danish Daily Politiken. There's a username Mikkel Vuerello, who interviewed Christensen's nephew, Elmer Samuel Arbov. They met their uncle, Daniel, once, back in 1948, when he was visiting his siblings in Denmark. Arbov said he didn't really talk about Ezekiel back then, but he spent all of his time in the garage drawing, and his life revolved around a revelation, likely the drawings that he found in the box, and that these drawings are probably him externalizing this revelation that he had. It's just so
0: interesting that there's so much, like, backstory. (laughs) Like, you usually don't get this much. Like, it's a lot of detailed information here.
1: Absolutely. And it it feels sound. I mean, again, we can't confirm nor deny, but so far it fits a lot of what we've seen in the box. But coming back to the nephew, again, Arbov, they never knew exactly what their uncle was working on, but they did know that their uncle felt a strong need to elaborate on their personal understanding of Ezekiel. And according to Arbov, his uncle did not have a technical education, but instead was very interested in mechanics as well as UFOs. Hence a lot of the mechanical diagrams Mm -hmm. that you see. It shows big time. Absolutely. Hey there, Task Force, and happy new year. I hope you are all stumbling, bumbling, tripping into 2023 with excitement because of all the things that you want to accomplish this year. New year, new you, get out there and make it happen, baby. There's some news in the Red Web Arena, that's right, imminently. That is tomorrow, by the way, January 3rd. You can get yourself the Squonk Pin and the Squonk Plush. It's available finally, store.roosterteeth.com. What better way, fresher way to step into the new year than a little buddy that you can't look at or pay any attention to because he'll melt into a puddle of water. Listen, if this plush melts on you into a puddle of water, no refunds, baby. You know what you're getting, but it won't because it's a plush and it's not supernatural. It's just a comfy, cute little squonk You can keep on your desk or wherever you keep your plushes, maybe up on a shelf, maybe in a shadow box with a spotlight. Really put that squonk on on display, counter to the whole, you know, the antithetical to the whole squonk mantra. Either way, it is available in the store at store.roosterteeth.com. If you want to get that, join the pin of the month club, get that little squonk on. And then we're going to have some Valentine's Red Web stuff Uh, later on this month. I believe on January 13th, we're getting way ahead with a uh, a shirt that's got a Cupid baby hands, I believe, on it. Uh, Very cute stuff. So if you want to get that for your mystery lover in your life, then uh, that would be a fun little gift. Otherwise, just give it for yourself. Self-love is love. Let's talk about today's sponsors. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, affordable, and it's entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So if you're not into the person that you're seeing, if you haven't found the right person, they make it super easy to continue searching. And for me personally, that is one of the biggest daunting parts of therapy and they make it very turnkey and easy for you. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RedWeb today task force to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot RedWeb. This episode of RedWeb is also sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when you're shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is a free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for the coupons in the back end for you. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. I've used Honey many times when shopping online. No matter where it is I am shopping, it always comes in clutch, and it's managed to save me at least a few dollars, if not many percent. It depends on where you're at and what codes are actively available on any given site, but it's super convenient because I remember the days of scouring scam-ridden websites just looking for codes to save a little bit of money. Honey does that all for you, and I really appreciate that. And Honey doesn't work just on desktops either. No, no, no. It also works on your iPhone as well. Just activate it on Safari and your phone and you'll save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you can be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com redweb. Again, that's joinhoney.com redweb. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Babbel. One of the most exciting things about the new year is that you have no idea what adventures are in store for you. From new travel experiences to new jobs or simply picking up new skills, there's no better way to prepare for 2023 than by learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that's sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you. I love using Babbel because I love language. I like to use the app to keep my French on top of my mind and make sure that I'm not losing those skills a little bit, but I also like to meander around the app and dabble with some other languages. Lately, I've been interested in maybe exploring uh, Spanish again, which was back in my old school days, maybe refresh that one back up, or jumping the pond and maybe learning a little bit of Japanese. This app makes it so easy to do that, and I love the fact that it's uh, gamified a little bit. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having a real-life conversation in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and they're voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babble.com slash redweb. Once again, that's babble.com slash redweb for up to 55% off your subscription. Babble, language for life. And with that said, let's dive right back into the mystery. But with that said, before we move on, are there any questions, anything else you want to dive into with these images? Otherwise, we can dive right into the theories.
0: No, I just been scrolling through these images because they're cool. right. <laughs> so, so they're just. Uh, I'm just so enamored by these images. Like they're just everything is like fantasy with a little, like like machine fantasy. Like right, yeah. And then like some of them are like are different or a part of the same set. I mean, interestingly enough, some of these images look like they're just like okay, here's the overall looking image, and then like. There's oh, or, I mean, I guess it could just be photos that are just taken up closer, but there's a lot of like, okay, here's the photo. The way it's, I guess, at least presented. Mm-hmm. Here's the wide shot, and then here's a lot of the tighter shots. I mean... I'm like, these angels have like, faces on their chest. Oh, yeah. The armor is intriguing. Tons of different diagrams. And then you kind of just get into like, schematics that are just like, okay, engine parts. And then you get into like, schematics that are like mechanical but look somewhat fantasy
1: based i it's just i'm i'm like yeah i'm it's pretty cool down the rabbit hole oh yeah and if you scroll down a little further you're going to see the train with next to the puma train the puma train with wings and then you see that giant ufo gyrosphere glowing above it the bible has that very same imagery and they're describing it as on fire and it does look like it's on fire it's it's also well drawn i mean it's, it's just re- yeah. very well done. Uh, uh, <laughs> if this was me, they'd be like, oh, look at this
0: child that drew <laughs> a bunch of weird images. It, it, it would be a totally different mystery. Why yeah. did this child draw a bunch of weird images poorly?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lots of letters that kind of helped solidify that it is, in fact, St. Petersburg. We got Daniel Christensen writing to Sister Eva in in Danish and all sorts of things like that. But It almost makes you just think that, like... As much as this is a
0: like, oh, what are these images? It's somewhat confusing. I mean, it just seems like a lot of inspiration is taken from the Bible.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Oh, there is a kid
1: I'm still scrolling. There are
0: kid images at the bottom.
1: Yeah. The yeah, silly yeah, yeah. thing stuff Yeah, yeah. Man, there are some other drawings that look very reminiscent of the St. Petersburg Pier one where the clouds are coming down and there's encircling UFO shapes. But they're so faintly drawn. It's got an eeriness to it.
0: Yeah, I do see some of them that are faintly. Yep. I mean, just absolutely stunning images.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, hold on a second. I found some actual child drawings. What? In here? Tiny Tim condoms. What? Uh, That's what I'm saying. There's There's actual children drawings. It says silly things. It says silly things. There's actual... Who's (laughs) Billy Jack... Wait, uh, it's on a 2 Which album is This is the second album the all second the way one. at the oh, I did not yeah. look at,
2: in detail at that one. Let me
1: and okay. I'm well just, then it then it becomes a child's version of the original drawings. Literally a child's drawing of
0: someone with an umbrella standing on the sidewalk next to a building in the stop sign. I was like, if, if this was me, I'd have child drawings.
1: And then boom, there it is. So
0: <laughs> very all right. immersed.
1: Oh, the, the serpents are placed there tentatively as mechanical servants in answer to the obvious technical problem. So there you go. That's what's wrong with your car. Just stick a couple of uh, man-sized snakes in there and you'll be all right. Yeah, i got to unclog. All righty. Let's talk about the theories now that attempt to answer what might be behind the truth of this box. Now, the first theory, there are a plethora of theories here. Some of them don't really have a whole lot of information to go off of. So many people believe, as theory number one, that this supposed box of crazy is thought to be an intricate art project or even the early iterations of an ARG. You can see that with some of the story being laid down and some open-endedness in there. Mm -hmm. All of the intricate drawings and the writings were centered around a very specific theme, which is pretty uh, reminiscent of ARGs. But some have also suggested that the box seems a little too curated to tell a kind of story or spark curiosity around a mystery. Too curated? Yeah. Like it must be for a story or it must be for a specific purpose rather than if it were something other than an art project, you might expect it to be a little sporadic where they're talking about topic A and then moving on to B. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Because it's it's sporadic yeah, in... Yeah, it's
0: very sporadic.
1: In its drawings, but everything ultimately surrounds one major theme, as it were.
0: Yeah, it's like one major theme, but one giant scrambled mess. hmm
1: yeah. A sub-theory to that, which I don't really have much else to go off of, but using today's terms, some people believe that this could have been an early iteration of viral marketing. What that project would have been is yet to be seen, but it is possible that in the early 2000 and teens, I should say, that this hit the Internet, garnered a lot of attention and could have been for a, a project yet to be revealed that maybe never happened or maybe did happen and people just didn't connect it. I don't know.
0: Right. I mean, there's got to be a ton of stuff that it's like, oh, OK, viral marketing. And then it never, ever amounted to anything.
1: Mm hmm. But uh, another. So, th- like I said, there's a, a bunch of different theories here, but. There were many others in the comments and the people investigating this box that thought that this box and the works therein might have been the doings of someone with a mental illness. This isn't to vilify this person, but is instead to try to take a pragmatic angle on what created these papers. You have Tramp Stop Dan, who shared the images on Reddit at the time of their posting, and they said, quote, Current theory involves the trauma of World War II timeline of draftsmanship before the mental illness after plus the VA hospital placemat. It's a little hard to understand but basically given this person's time on earth straddling two world wars and th- having spent some time in the military mm-hmm. it is possible that they experience things in life that could have led to their experience of mental illness in, in whatever shape or form that might have been.
0: I mean look mental illness is a real thing that tons of people suffer Mm -hmm. through, um, and even some just like in waves. Uh, Let me tell you, I don't know what adding two words on time, you know what I mean? Like That is is wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll be perfectly candid for the sake of this podcast, I'm always very hesitant to talk about, or at least misposition mental illness in theories uh, Mm -hmm. of most mysteries because of the very nature that I don't want to make it be the villain or the cause of any sort of like negative thing. And sometimes mental illness is used as almost like an excuse for something to have happened. And uh, the reason why I, I felt it would be irresponsible to not mention it here is simply because it is normal. It happens to many different people and especially given this person's lifespan and what they have may or may have not experienced as you mentioned, like. It is perfectly reasonable and it could genuinely be the source for how these drawings and ideas came to the page. But that said, you know, many theories we have wrinkles in. There are many others still that claim that since Christensen's drawings and writings throughout this box span the decades and they seem to have the same fervor, the same intensity, the same ideology over this time, that maybe it is more than that. Maybe it is just Christensen's belief system. This could be their religion. On the whole, though, people tend to believe that Christensen may be just a little bit more eccentric than anything else. And supposedly Christensen's nephew himself believes that his uncle was of sound mind at the time, implying that there was more than meets the eye with this box, which leads us to our next theory that perhaps this was his religious interpretation of what he saw in Florida that day. Or I guess He had this belief system that was then further validated on that specific day. So the owner of the Alien Puma Space Train subreddit, Funkifies, believes that Christensen saw aliens and UFOs as explanations for things that occurred in the Bible. I mean, we were kind of riffing on this earlier, but their similarities in many different accounts here just are kind of undeniable.
0: Yeah, I mean, (sighs) there's... Uh, I mean, look, it's a mystery. And it's, the, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's a family member. You know what I mean? Like vouching for the person. That, right. Like, there's so there's there's just so many times where it, because it's a family member, you give so much more leeway in terms. And then what I'm trying to get at here, it's just like, you know, of course, you know, you were saying earlier, you know, nephew was saying always oh, a sound mind in my head. I'm like, I mean, there could definitely be a situation where he isn't. But you want to believe that because you love your uncle or like you knew your uncle and you're close to your uncle and you just don't want to see them in that light.
1: Right. Well, I mean, his nephew also only met him that one day in the 40s. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right.
1: So it's, you know, to further your point. But I mean, yeah, I mean, then the flip side of that is like, how do you really know if you met him once? Yeah. Right. Like, well, this is Funkifies. This is their kind of ongoing theory now is okay. that. The UFOs and, and that kind of yeah, it's, idea it's true. is kind of dovetailing in with... Basically, they're saying like, me, Funkifies, I believe that what Christensen is trying to say is that I have an explanation for both biblical events and UFO events. They're all the same. And they theorized, Funkifies, theorized that these drawings are references to the biblical book of Ezekiel. And Christensen mentions this, this verse in many of his writings, and I'm going to quote this verse, it's 116, but in particular, this is Ezekiel 115 through 18 Quote, As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparked like topaz, and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creature faced, the wheels did not change directions as the creature went. Their rims were high and awesome, and all four rims were full of eyes all around. Again, we saw that very visual throughout his drawings. Yeah, we did. So far, this theory feels like the strongest to me. Like it's one person's belief system that kind of tries to answer a couple other more broad belief systems.
0: I just, I'm still baffled by the fact that this is a Bible. Oh, yeah. 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 I just I just never knew. I, I never knew. It was like I, I like I knew there was some, you know, uh, there there's a lot of things in the Bible. Right. Say A lot of different things. And some are very exaggerated and some are like ancient ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just this is very sci fi to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, ne- <laughs> right very, next to like, all the uh, problematic, archaic belief systems and, and right. actions are also things that also fall to the wayside. I know about yeah. this stuff because I, I find a deep fascination in all sorts of history. But but you're right. You don't know about like the concentric rings of fire with eyeballs all around them, typically as a depiction of, of an angel or of a flying yeah. thing. To, especially
0: like to this extent and to, to this much detail. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, it's just like, to me, it's such an easy grab, right? Like, Mm -hmm. let me just take this event that is uh, my way of looking at it random and apply it to this abstract line. You know what I mean? This like abstract line in the Bible. Right. And and so it just, you just kind of go, I, I, yeah, you know what I mean? Like.
1: Yeah, you know that's a good point. What this feels like is it feels like someone who we've already covered this. They they are fascinated with mechanics. They don't have a background in in mechanical engineering or anything, right? But
0: enthusiastic about it. But
1: but they like it, and so then with that particular passion, if you read an excerpt like this, you might start instead of looking at the Bible from a scientific and spiritual lens of that, you look at it from a pragmatic and engineer based, you start to go, hold on. They're talking about like these rings that move and fly and creatures of fire. Like, I think I can make something out of it. I think I can understand that from a mechanical standpoint. So I don't know that there's something really fascinating about this particular interpretation of it all. Yeah. But, but also very unique
0: yeah I mean it, it definitely like tries to round it out mm-hmm. you know and like in encompasses everything mm-hmm. but so much of it's just so ambiguous and you're applying like the bible which is very like you, as, as like straightforward as it can be like it's a lot of it just like up into your interpretation right. you know what I mean well it's also been translated oh, two dozen times on right, the way here exactly. so and so it's like you're just mashing those together
1: yeah. There's another user with another fantastic username, Bros with a Bat. They expanded on this theory stating this, quote, "The mechanical style with which he drew the objects in the sky could mean that rather than thinking these were divine gods, he believed that these were mechanical objects and these literal beings were coming down not by divine powers, but with technology." He draws these flying technological ships that he seems to believe existed. And then he has designs and drawings. Perhaps he is working on how to create an actual piece of technology based on the biblical descriptions of the flying ship and the wheel within a wheel. I mean, that was very well said. That person in two paragraphs or less simply stated what I was trying to say. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I think that that is entirely possible, what might yeah. be happening here. I agree. Yeah. Before we move on to the next one, um, the events depicted in Christensen's drawings actually did happen. Not so much in the tornado and alien way, but on July 7th, 1977, there was a tornado not too close, but really not all that far away in Pasco County in Florida, north of Tampa, and it would be eastern, more in the center of Florida from where St. Petersburg is, St. Petersburg being on the Gulf side, on the west side, mm. coast there were lights in the sky that night because there was a very unique art installation by Rockney Krebs called Starboard Home on the Range Part 6. This piece had laser lights that created a web of light over the pier. Some of these lasers would shoot off to nearby buildings where mirrors would be ready to catch the lasers and reflect them back up into the air. And so it created this really cool imagery, like a web of lights in the sky. That's elaborate. Very especially with that upturned pyramid being on the pier, that was already there. And so you, you all of a sudden have this very otherworldly scene. And some people believe that maybe this is Christensen's interpretation of what happened. That's why I wanted to read out earlier where he's talking about, well, something has happened like this over in Mobile, Alabama, when they were filming Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm saying it happened here now or not, I'm saying it's possible that it could happen. That's where the ambiguity that you've referenced kind of comes out.
0: Yeah, I was about to point that out again, and just like mm-hmm. not saying, just like not saying it's happened, but I'm saying could. yes and no, <laughs> right? And I was just like, it'll leave me one way, because mm-hmm. at that point, you just leave it up to anyone that wants to interpret it any which way they want, and and then it's like the people. It kind of just makes it thinks makes you think of the people that are like doomsday sayers, you know? Yeah, where it's like this day. That's the end of the world. No, it didn't happen because the you know It's that. the rationalization. But this day, like, there will be a fire that engulfs the planet. Actually, mm-hmm. no, it was just the forest fire. Uh, it was <laughs> it's a bit you know what I mean? And so right, they just taking right. the can down the line.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely room in this in this particular mystery for that very same kind of thought process. Yeah. What's interesting though is as as Normal as that sounds to to us here, light shows like that back in the 70s especially were not super common. And so it is worth mentioning that Christiansen was not the only person that reported seeing UFOs that night. Other people in the area saw this light show and also thought something otherworldly was happening. And I can believe it. It really is a unique setup that they were creating with this art installation. I just wanna know where parts one through five were yeah i mean here's the thing like you did that
0: nowadays it would mm-hmm. take me a second and this is like modern day you know technology is far more advanced mm-hmm. if you had lights reflect or like reflecting into the sky and i was like what's what's happening here It'd take me a second to piece it together i wouldn't look at it and go oh light show yeah i'm like I how mean, is it doing the
1: why was it wanna even just seeing one spotlight in the sky you're just like It always catches your attention. Yeah. I mean, even if I've seen it since I was a kid, there's something really cool about lighting up the clouds at night or lighting up the sky, but there's also a really weird, almost primal feeling of, I don't know. I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but like it definitely instills an odd feeling in you when you see something like that. And I I can only imagine something very similar happens when you see the Aurora Borealis at some point, I got to get up there, check out the Northern lights.
0: Oh, I mean, it's, it's something you see photos of, and you go, "I gotta go." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I get that. Like there's something yeah. eerie about lights shooting in the sky like that, even oh, though yeah. you know it's just like it's just a spotlight. I don't know. Some club downtown's popping right now. Boom,
1: boom, boom, boom. Yeah, <laughs> they have no idea how they're they're tickling my heartstrings with these skylights. Well, what the <laughs> it's the duality, right?
0: Yeah. So on on one hand, it's downtown the source of the light, then you cut miles away, task force member looking up into the sky. And their hearts the sky, going, ns, ns, and then ns. it's like,
1: it's
0: the red web intro. Yeah.
1: Well, to button that one up, a lot of people were scared of those lights that night. And it, again, instilled a lot of shock and fear. And that can definitely create a circumstance where you go, something else was happening here. Something otherworldly was happening. The rationality has left my mind, and uh, it, it's possible that it kind of uh, evoked Christensen's deeper beliefs that something else was happening. The next theory I think we had to address, right, steer into the curve, was this a cover-up for a real UFO encounter? Because a lot yeah. of people have theorized that this this explanation, uh, all the other previous theories, et cetera, et cetera could be cover-up for a real UFO encounter and that this, whether the UFO is alien in nature or top secret project, that's yet to be determined because part of this thing is also, was were we seeing this stealth project, capital all caps stealth project that he referenced earlier? Were we seeing that in front of our very eyes? Was this very much like the other UFO sightings of the earlier decades where people see lights in the sky and then the government goes, no, no, no. Oh, by the way, decades later we have a stealth aircraft. That's what people are wondering. Was it aliens or was it the stealth project? I don't you know. Yeah,
0: see that's a thing. And, and and like I have this weird, like unfair frustration for this specific type, like this specific theory that applies itself to many mysteries. Mm-hmm. Or is like, was it really aliens, or was it something the government was like, like, ah just man, you know, like I don't know. I just I hate that it could be either or that, right? The extreme of like aliens are just like, oh, we're just trying some stuff out.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're always I mean,
0: paired together. And then- I
1: guess that's the thing is like when, we, when you think UFOs, you think aliens or now they're called UAPs to be a little bit more specific. But either way, a UFO could, it's just unidentified and it's just flying and it's just an object. And so that leaves room for, for vagueness, was this just the government trying something fancy out
0: there? Oh, it most definitely could be. I mean, it's happened already before. Oh, well, d- been- Did
1: you see, like, last week they unveiled the, what was it, B-21? The new no. stealth? Yeah. The North, uh, Northrop Grumman B-21 Raider. They unveiled that thing. And, and you and I have been talking for, since the beginning of this podcast, that there could be a yet to be unveiled stealth aircraft now that could be the answer to existing UFO sightings now, and here we have it. Yes. Yet another, you know, all the stuff that happened 20 years ago, we'll see in 20 years from now. So who right. knows when this thing was flying around being tested? Also, okay, maybe it's because we've got something newer and even crazier. But why are we announcing this stuff? Mm-hmm. Because it's already known. They're not oh, gonna. Okay. They're not gonna announce it when it's new. Okay. I feel like this thing's done its job already, and then they right. say, "Okay, by the way, it's here." That, make, that makes sense, I guess. Like
0: other governments and higher ups, and yeah. like whatnot, and pilots, and the inner and outer circle, no, yeah. But it's just to I me, mean, I was like, "Why? Why are you saying
1: so, Shh, quiet'? Why, yeah, shh, no, it's no press not, release. It's still stealth to a lot of people." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the thing. You probably have right now flying in the sky without you know a, a regular citizen knowing. You probably got the the B-31. You got the B-41. And we're going to hear about those in a few decades, but they're flying, making it look like aliens are out there. We'll hear about those in a few decades. Oh, we most definitely will. Right? I mean, we
0: talked about it before, like like even just like ground troops, camo, all that kind of stuff. Like, there's got to be some, I mean, I'm sure they're trying to test like super sci-fi stuff.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But coming back to this idea of a UFO cover up in Christensen's writing, it is worth mentioning that it does appear that he was aware of this art installation at St. Petersburg pier which draws into question the again it's the ambiguity in play did that's he what I'm did he believe it was an encounter did he believe it was an art installation or was this kind of saying yes i know it's art installation but what if it could have been right yeah i mean again all of this
0: could just be inspired mhm and that's that's the thing
1: right so Now, under the lens of him knowing that this is an art installation, he expounds upon that. He supposedly believed that this art installation was depicting Ezekiel's wheel, the very wheel that we read the excerpt from earlier. Mm -hmm. And he also, again, bringing back that Brazil 1967 situation, he believes that that is what happened there as well, that this Ezekiel wheel of, of ancient times, of biblical times, was once again seen in modern times both in 67 and as well as I believe 77 here in Florida. So perhaps what he saw that night wasn't actually a UFO but something that resembled Ezekiel's wheel which could be referred to as a UFO. I mean just like what as a sign or I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, like a visitation. Right.
2: He says the weirdest thing. He says This author being a and I think he's referring to himself, this author Mm -hmm. being a resident of the city whose newly constructed well landmark is the center of the picture above, have found it suitable to depict the phenomena as shown. So yeah, is it depicting the phenomena or what I don't Hmm. know?
1: It's it's I can see where the mystery is stemming from. It's it's the ambiguity and the potential for it to be three different things. I personally, and we're not done with the theories, but personally, I really think that this is a, their interpretation of religious events. And I think that they are perhaps projecting their inner religious revelations onto the local art installation, onto history in Brazil, onto other things that makes sense to their core belief system. Exactly. I think that's totally possible. I mean,
0: you see that a lot with everything, right? You just kind of piecemeal stuff from different yeah. times and uh, different events and you go this and then you make it fit into your narrative.
1: Right. I mean, if you, especially like if uh, you're you're impassioned about whatever it is your the thing is, right? It's, it's, I'll make it an even more simple example. Like if you bought a red Honda Civic, Odds are you're going to see a red Honda Civic out there and you might start seeing them everywhere. The point is, if something's on your mind a lot, you will probably start to see it in the world more frequently because oh, yeah. that's the filter you see. We're, we're, we're pattern recognizers, right?
0: I mean, that, yes. The car, uh, the car example is perfect because that's exactly what happens.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this one says bonus theory. Before we move on, Jillian, do you want to deliver the bonus theory?
2: Okay. To us, I'll do my best. So, because the box is full of so much information and so few answers, some researchers have speculated that the box may belong to a set where other documents rest. Remember when we talked about the house? If this mm-hmm. if this house is real, there was more stuff in there.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right.
2: So maybe this box is one of many boxes.
1: So, you, oh, maybe there's other boxes floating out there. Yeah. Well, if it was found by the trash, do you think maybe um,
2: there's more maybe in some trash?
1: landfills are filled with mystery now? Oh, uh, I mean, that's long gone at this point. Yeah.
2: Um, Reddit user, oh my God, it's a bear, was the one who proposed this theory. Quote from the 40-year difference in documents, but such similar tenacity in the idea, it leads me to believe there's much more where this came from. Um, the user also points out that the scratches and shape of the box could suggest it was once stacked with others that Christensen could have built. Mm. Um, the same width of the strip, or this is a quote, the same width of the strip of wood that serves as a right leg is about the same width of the area directly above it on the top of the box where another would sit on oh. top of
1: it. So the bottom of the box has a pattern that is almost emulated on the top, i.e. something identical <laughs> yeah. sitting on top of it. I love that idea, especially since this one only came to the internet because someone moved to North Carolina and forgot about it. It is Possible that some of these got thrown away and that the others could just be kind of family heirlooms or in someone's house. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I moved here and this was here, and they don't know about this mystery, so they just leave it be. Let's leave it, yeah.
0: I mean, oh, the man. number the number of discoveries that just go to the wayside because people just go, Oh, that's okay. This must yeah. just
1: be random. Oh man, I'd be so excited, Jillian, if another box just wound up showing up at some point. I
2: need another box.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, ooh, I love that bonus theory. But that has been the named box of crazy, Fredo. From start to finish, how did this journey look for you? Uh, I'll,
0: I'll be honest. I didn't think it was going to get biblical. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think it'd be. I thought that it would be something that we would like lightly touch on. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would
1: really take over a lot of
0: the conversation.
1: I'm. I was kind of geeking out because I love indulging in in some of that ideology a little bit Mm -hmm. and uh because i I don't know i just find that really really fascinating historical stories with a a blurred line of real or fake right Mm -hmm. it's uh it's fascinating
0: i mean it's it's good stuff i mean the visuals had me. I'll be honest. The visuals had me for uh, a lot of the the beginning of this story. I just right. see like photos. I'm just like, what? Like trying to. That's make why make I wanted sense you to it in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff to look at, and I I think it's inspiration. I I truly do. Like so much of it is just so, like, even if some of the stuff it's like hearsay about like the, you know new about the installation and all that kind of stuff, like the Bible has existed. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, it's a well-known book. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I, I, I think it's just purely inspiration.
1: Yeah, it's totally possible. That's where I land. I I'm looking at this last photo. It's got a huge, really well-drawn mechanical diagram. But then it's got those snakes that have like a locking mouth. Maybe those are like electrical cables. Either way, it's got this entity, this buffed up, you know dude with like a a hat on and he's screaming and he's got a bunch of other heads one's an eagle one's a lion one's a bull and they're all screaming and he's got a smiley face on him on his on his stomach yeah yeah on the and stomach, then, that's what i almost was talking about earlier yeah all these wings and then when you, this is the part that freaks me out the most is like you know, oh that's just a normal person there's a normal person drawn next to this entity and their head barely gets up to the groin of this multi-headed person so to to kind of demonstrate the size. This is like a twenty-foot-tall behemoth big, of an entity.
0: Big old biggie. Oh, and they got they got hooves for feet. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you could just you could break down so much of it, and a lot of it, it's like, I mean, you, as you mentioned, there's some of it that's like so lightly drawn, it's really hard to make out. Mm-hmm. But there's so many like drawings of this entity. Multiple yeah, this is. Wings. Oh, there's multiple like, of them too. This is. Yeah. Yep, anyway, exactly. Oh, man. This was this was my first half of the podcast. I apologize. <laughs> like, I'm sitting here trying to like just take it all in. Yes. And there's so many like I don't know there's letters. There's a bunch of
1: text.
0: Like. Oh yeah, there's a lot happening here. Oh yeah, task and force. Some children drawing.
1: And and you know just some normal uh drawings from a child. Task force. This is where I honestly call to action for you. Dive in. If you want to get hands-on, this is one of those ones that there's not a lot of sinister nature to this. It's just fascinating. And uh, there's a lot of different backgrounds out there in the task force from different levels of study, different places that you've grown up. I would love to get all of you guys kind of looking into this and seeing what you see, what stands out to you guys. Because maybe uh, when we collectively pool our intelligence, we might be able to crack something else open here. But So yeah, pour over this. Let us know your thoughts. And if there is an update or if you guys find anything that's super fascinating, we can always do an update. But yeah, let us know what you think. And uh, Fredo, I'll see you right back here next Monday for another mystery. Bye, everyone.